Well, hello there. I think you might want to pull up a chair. I am working on something, and what I do when I'm writing a show is I, um, I'll plop at the top of the show different news things that I want to bring up before I get into the subject, right? And that allows me to then wander and meander all over the place. <laughs> so, here's the thing. The atom bomb during Japan wasn't an atom bomb, okay? Um, and I'll have to get back to all of this. And so what I'm doing right now is modifying how I share my work with you along the way. Um, you've noticed that I have a little bit of difficulty in pronouncing some words and things. But that doesn't affect my overall ability to still hunt down information. So <laughs> keep moving those steps, right? So... Um, so I thought, wow, this is becoming a lot of data <laughs> to enter for the thing because as it turns out, mosquitoes are huge killers <laughs> and they're all involved in new vaccines and all that. So anyhow, so I thought, well, I think mosquitoes certainly needs to <laughs> be a subject of its own because um, they seem to be kind of a killing machine if you ask me because um, a couple of years ago, probably nobody remembered it. I've mentioned it a couple of times. I caught that there were some releases of mosquitoes in um, Florida. I just ran across something that said, oh, mosquitoes being released in Florida, okay? That's all I knew at the time. And I remember I've talked about it in a couple of shows. So today, I, um, <laughs> I'm busy working on this other show and I find out that, well, <laughs> Mosquitoes are causing illnesses here in this country. Some mosquito-borne diseases are being discovered that aren't typically discovered here. So I thought, well, this is getting a little bit more complicated than I want to get into with a show about all this other stuff. So I thought, I just need to do a show about mosquitoes. <laughs> this is the bottom line here. So what I'm going to be doing is, th and thank you for joining me, because mosquitoes turn out to be quite fascinating as far as, um, and remember they've been, they've, well, you don't remember this, but they've been breeding mosquitoes for a long time, so keep that at the top of your hat. Um, so anyhow, so let me look here. Um, I have a short clip, because first, because mosquitoes are also bioengineering. Bio and another thing that I'm working on that needs to go in the next show along with the um, World War II and why the atom bomb was fake is um, something about Vietnam. I can't remember, but anyway, I'll remember in a minute. But um, what I needed to do is move those two more complicated things <laughs> to another day, <laughs> is my bottom line, and just focus today on mosquitoes. You see, what happens with radiation, which is interesting, and I said that I would share along the way, and I don't want to get into like drama every time I have the microphone in my hand, but it's interesting how it impacts the mind. And this is why I think it makes it a very interesting thing for our smart meters. And remember, I'm getting an ultimate dose of it. And go listen to my show about I'm being murdered in my home by smart meters if you want to know more. But anyway, so um, I've been trying to pay attention to what it's doing to my mental activity. And it's pretty interesting because it really zaps out my really small short-term memory. Like if I'm looking at something, let's say I'm looking about um, bioengineering. 
sometimes I won't connect that to the next dot. Um, but because I've worked alone for so many years, that's kind of hard to tell because, um, you know, I've always double-checked myself. Is it flawless? Well, no, of course not. <laughs> but um, with systems in place, it probably hasn't impacted me as much. What I've noticed that um, you can sit there and just go in silence and just start to get used to what your body feels like and see if you can feel for the electrical patterns, okay? And now that I'm getting a very high dose of the electricity, I can definitely, definitely, definitely feel it because I had another reaction to it last night. And so um, what happened, and this is all I'm going to say, but what happened was when I stopped uploading to YouTube, one of the main reasons was I didn't feel like I wanted to have a live microphone in my hand and be online because... Um, how the radiation works is it's going to your mind, right? And you can take one small element and all of a sudden it can become explosive. Because I've mentioned in the past that I think with radiation, it would probably be easy to get people to fail a mental test, right? Like if they hauled me in, which trust me, I'm not getting hauled in, but if they hauled me in, I likely would be able to be tricked into not passing a mental exam, right? Because um, certain things will set you off in a degree. And I think it has to do with the electricity because I had a major incident happen last night. So what I did was, after it happened, I paid attention to my body's electricity. Because literally, you go in one direction and before you know it, you have launched into another orbit. And here's just briefly what happened. The Midwest, they love those fireworks here, right? That rah, 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 America, 4th of July, right? And um, <laughs> the town I live in allows fireworks. Well, it's a really crazy deal because 10 days out of the year, and it's always expanded to more days, but nobody gets caught, right? 10 days out of the year, they can literally blow off rockets and firecrackers up until like, I don't know, 10 midnight, <laughs> 10 o'clock or midnight, right? So. 99% of pets are disturbed by firecrackers, okay? I'm disturbed by firecrackers. And this year, we're having to sleep in the front part of the house because we can't sleep in the back part of the house because of smart meter. So when the firecrackers started going off, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> night before last was the first night I heard a firecracker and I thought, holy God, it's, it's, Fourth of July again, right? Because that's all part of this celebration is go out and spend a lot of money on fireworks. And the odd thing is how disruptive people can be toward other people is those people firing off these fireworks, yeah, maybe they were having fun out there. But the fact is it was after nine o'clock, a lot of people and their pets primarily, when 99% of pets get frantic over fireworks, enough's enough, right? So. I, pro I, 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 I did take it to the extreme because what happens is <laughs> you start to go somewhere and this firework thing, if you had been around me, every year it happens, right? Every year I would have mentioned it at least once, how annoying I found it that in these neighborhoods people are allowed to blast off <laughs> fireworks. <laughs> so and there's a small parking lot across from my street at the school that people have been using to fire these things off, okay? So, <laughs> night before last, um, 
I recognized it was Fourth of the July, so things start obviously activating in my brain. So I dove, I got over to the window, which faces the street, and uh, so they were right, right, right there, right. And I screamed out the window. <laughs> I won't scream, don't worry. Has everybody gone fucking crazy? <laughs> I was able to pull myself back, okay? And then my dog got very, very much, um, he, he, well, he was escalating at that point, okay? And um, it had escalated to the point, what had happened was the first firecracker went off, the second firecracker went off, and he literally leaped on top of me, okay, which injured me. So um, I was not in any kind of mood at that point, right? And then you throw in the radiation brain. So didn't sleep most of the night because he was so upset all night, right? And um, so last night, it was not just the firecrackers, <clears throat> it was rockets, okay? And the rockets were right outside of my windows here. And remember, I need to keep the windows open because of the gas in my house because, <laughs> because of my smart meters. <laughs> so I've gotta be very cognizant of, just, I just can't randomly start closing my windows up, okay? <laughs> I need that fresh air because my house is so toxic. There's, there's no room on my outside of my house for them to not put any more transformers, okay? Somebody clearly wants me quiet. So, so anyhow, so last night, the rockets start, right? My dog's very upset. Then it's about, this is not going well, right? Finally, about 9.30. And I was cognizant of blowing up from the night before, right? Um, so about 9.30, um, well, 9.30, I had an unfortunate event. <laughs> it went this way. Um, well, and the really screwed up part about my little outrage and screaming, it was really a buildup of all these years of fireworks and my pets being upset, right? And now I'm dying and just too, too sick to worry about it. And I, I, I'm going to protect my dog no matter what it takes. And I told my neighbors that this morning. I said, listen, I realized I was screaming out my window last night. I said, but I got to tell you, we're dying over here, and I'm not going to be allowing my dog to be abused by somebody across the parking lot shooting off rockets at 9:30. I said, enough's enough, okay? Um, I don't care what the city ordinance says. Let's let's use some common sense. <laughs> so, because unfortunately my tirade got rather ugly, okay? Uh, you know. It was like, you know, my dog sick over here. I think there was something about fucking losers thrown into there. And the sad part about all this is there were some children out there. But remember, it's dark. I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody deserved this by rationalizing it. But um, I wasn't totally in my right mind when I got to that window after the rockets were going off. And Marcus was just so frantic. He was, anyway, so enough of that. So you get where I'm going. So, <laughs> so yeah. So I thought, well, today I've got to just stay focused on one thing, right? And that's just going to be these mosquitoes because this is a... Oh, there's some news I have in this file about those um, nuclear plants. It's getting better. It's getting better. Stanford did a thing about... They're, they're, they're moving and saying they're going to do these small reactors. Well, the small reactors are just in the diagram stage at this point, okay? This is in the fundraising portion of it all and I have more about that later but first let me start with this person did an excellent because here's the deal
Mosquitoes. This is where I really thought, well, I better cover mosquitoes on its own because I didn't know this. I knew mosquitoes were bad in countries like Africa and stuff, but I had, of course, only a vague <laughs> process in my head of what this was, okay? And interestingly enough, of course, they're just now coming up with vaccines for these mosquitoes, so it's time that we take a dive into mosquitoes today. <laughs> so, because a couple things. Mosquitoes are considered one of the most dangerous insects in the world due to their ability to transmit deadly diseases such as malaria, dengue, West Nile fever, yellow fever, Zika, which has just been discovered in the U.S. by a woman who hasn't traveled. But you'll, you'll go get to my punchline here in a minute. Zika and this other thing that I can't pronounce is called Chukunaga, C. H-I-K-U-N-G-U-N-Y-A. So it's malaria, dengue, West Nile fever, yellow fever, Zika. Let Zika sit in your brain there, okay? So, and there's also this gem. Remember, I've been saying all along, they're making this up as they're going along, right? Well, mosquitoes are, in fact, bioengineering, right? <laughs> and... I got onto mosquitoes because I have a heck of a story to tell you about the bioengineering at Fort Detrick because in the last show I talked about the Japanese and Fort Detrick and I didn't tell the story. That's okay though because actually the story shows the utter complete lack, oh excuse me not the complete, the complete coordination between Japan and the United States all the time. And that was not an atomic bomb. And those exact same people who did the most horrific, I mean horrific types of human experiments came to the US. See, everybody's talking about those Nazis that came here, like the ones that did the space business. It's like, I'm interested in the ones that did the uh, human experiments. And yeah, they ended up at Fort Detrick. So that ended up being a whole story of itself. So that's why I thought, well, let's just, let's just focus today on mosquitoes, okay? So, okay, so the use of bioengineering to control mosquito populations is a relatively new approach. And as with any new technology, there are potential risks and uncertainties associated with its use. Some concerns that have been raised include the potential for unintended ecological consequences, such as impacts on non-target species and ecosystems. Always a risk of this stuff spreading out with these people now, isn't there? There are also concerns about the potential for genetically engineered mosquitoes to evolve resistance to the self-limiting gene. I don't imagine that mosquitoes have a lot of, you know what I mean? <laughs> compared to the human body, and I'm certainly not a biologist, but compared to the human body, I'm just taking a rough guess here. I think they have a pretty specific and small gene thing going on with mosquitoes. So I think to manipulate mosquitoes is not probably gonna be rocket science here, okay? <laughs> because, anyway, so, to address these concerns, researchers are conducting extensive studies and risk assessments to evaluate the potential risk and benefits using bioengineering to control mosquito populations. 
Regulatory agencies, this is a good part, regulatory agencies also play a role in ensuring that any release of genetically engineered mosquitoes is done in a safe and responsible manner. Well, you can just rest assured that's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, so let me see here. There are several, I was at ChatGPT for, I was kind of in and out of ChatGPT on this one to figure out the latest stuff because this is rolling down the pike right now, okay? Right now they're coming up with vaccines for this stuff, okay? So there are several, cons and I wonder about the people in the United States that supposedly have the Zika now, that, that that's what got me going today. They just announced a woman in Florida has Zika and <laughs> she's never traveled outside of here, so. I'm wondering, is that the plot line, right? Now, now they're going to be able to say Zika all over the USA. <laughs> because this is an effort to sell more vaccines, right? It depends on where they can build the fear to where they can market the deadly drugs, right? So, um, several concerns about bioengineering mosquitoes. One concern is the risk of creating hybrid mosquitoes that are more virulent and aggressive. Another concern is that genetically engineered mosquitoes could result in far more health and environmental problems than they could solve. Additionally, once released into the environment, genetically engineered mosquitoes cannot be recalled. But I've got news for you. Who are you going to call is on the is on the mosquitoes, okay? They get they just they just did a test of vaccines for malaria in Africa, okay? So, the World Health Organization, or who are you going to call, has issued new guidance for research on genetically modified mosquitoes to fight malaria and other vector-borne diseases. Now, isn't that handy, right? The guidance sets, the guidance sets essential standards to inform future research and development on genetically modified mosquitoes, particularly in addressing issues related to ethics. <laughs> I'm sorry, some of this stuff is hard to read. So the UN is particularly interested in addressing issues related to ethics, safety, affordability, and effectiveness. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna play this clip now. This woman did a brilliant job because we, we need to understand all we can about these mosquitoes, right? Um, because oh, first I'll play. Um, I looked because I remembered I can always remember a few key words, luckily, about these things, right? So I remembered that it was two years ago, Florida release of mosquitoes, right? So I looked over on Yandex, and then I came across this video clip of when it happened. And I think this woman is terrific. She's, I love, the, I love Indian accents. But anyway, so she, um, she is talking about when these mosquitoes, um, the title of the show, and this is from a couple years ago, okay? It is, Genetically Modified Mosquitoes Arrive in Florida. So instead of trying to read you more articles about when this first hit because we need to always look at <laughs> when this stuff got going, right? Because it appears to me from the time a couple of years ago to now, they've been pretty busy because they are, I just found there's a new vaccine in Africa for the malaria that they have just introduced, rolled out and have jabbed into people's arms. So I thought, well, this is pretty important. So anyway, so let's, let's look at the history because this is, 
Genetically modified mosquitoes arrive in Florida, and it was from two years ago. So, okay, here we go. There's one lesson the Wuhan virus has taught us. It's that messing with nature can prove to be fatal. Yet, in the quest for scientific advancement, humans continue to experiment with nature. Here's the latest one. In Florida, 12,000 genetically modified mosquitoes, the first such kind, will be released in open air for the next 12 weeks by autumn. This number is expected to reach 20 million. 20 million genetically engineered mosquitoes. What will they do? Scientists say these artificial insects will help prevent dengue and Zika. But the residents of Florida fear a mosquito apocalypse. Here's a report. Dengue, chikungunya, and Zika. They all come from the same family of viruses. They are transmitted by the Aedes aegypti mosquitoes. This species is found both in tropical and temperate climates, invading the Americas, even Europe. Now a biotech firm has released a genetically engineered version of the Aedes aegypti in Florida. What for? To suppress the growing population of these deadly mosquitoes. Oxitec, a UK-based firm, is behind this technology. It has previously field-tested the insects in Brazil, Panama, Malaysia and the Cayman Islands. But until now, no genetically engineered mosquito has been trialed in the United States, largely due to pushback from American activists. Now, with an alarming rise of mosquito-borne diseases in Florida, local authorities have been forced to take this controversial step. Here's what the artificial mosquitoes will do. The males, which don't bite, will be released in the wild to mate with the female population. The female Aedes aegypti are responsible for biting prey and transmitting the disease. The genetically engineered males carry a gene that will pass to the offspring and kill female progeny in the early stages. The male offspring will not die but will become carriers of the genes and pass it to future generations. As lesser females are born, the Aedes aegypti population will dwindle. So how many bioengineered mosquitoes will be released? Around 12,000 males will exit their boxes over the next 12 weeks. And in the second half of 2021, 20 million mosquitoes will emerge over a period of 16 weeks. The mosquitoes carry a fluorescent marker gene which makes them glow, which in return makes identification and monitoring the trial easier for researchers. This step may have been taken to prevent the spread of diseases, but the residents of Florida are not too impressed. Many are worried that the mosquitoes will disrupt Florida's ecosystem. Some others fear that gene editing technology could turn haywire and turn the mosquitoes against humans. Scientists say that these mosquitoes pose no such risks. We expect the potential good to outweigh the potential bad. But this sure sounds like the beginning of a bad science fiction film. Bureau Report, we on World is One. Always about the good versus the bad, right? Well, I think you get the picture, right? If I were you, I would also, um, I'm not going to play the clip because it's about five minutes. It's the, um, go look for the life cycle of mosquitoes because mosquitoes breed in stagnant water. Stagnant water is typically found in poorer countries, as I recall. <laughs> so, 
Um, yeah, it, it takes the climate and the, um, but that's really not my point for today because there's a million clips about mosquitoes in stagnant water and they breed really quickly. <laughs> so, so here's this thing, it says, so who are you going to call is in this mosquitoes, right? Um, so after decades of fits and starts, officials in the Florida Keys have voted to allow the first test in the U.S. of free-flying genetically modified mosquitoes as a way to fight the pests and the disease they spread. Well, I would have to point out one more time that this is all, all again, a case of they're presenting us with these diseases, right, <laughs> and then coming with the cure. This strategy and the methods they, they, they give you movies and things to show you this extreme versions of things, okay? These people, not that smarty-smarty in their brains. A lot of the stuff they're using is old technology that existed before us, so they're down to the point of mosquitoes, and they're just now getting mosquitoes unleashed on us, so we need to kind of thinky-thinky with our own heads here. What, what exactly does this mean? So what they said was the decision came after two hours of testimony, blah, blah, blah. The same mosquitoes known for yellow fever also spread dengue as well as Zika and that chink one that I couldn't pronounce. The species is especially hard to control among about 45 kinds of mosquitoes that whine around the Keys. Even the powerhouse Florida Keys Mosquito Control District with six aircraft for spraying, Miami has zero, kills only an estimated 30 to 50 percent of the local yellow fever mosquito population at its best pesticide treatment. And then they went on to say, we can't rely on chemistry to spray our way out of this, says this chemist. Yeah, we can't rely on spraying so now we've got to get the commission to vote <laughs> to go forward with a test of genetically modified males as pest control devices see how evil always comes packages help sometime after january 1 2021 florida workers will set out boxes of eggs of specially bred male yellow fever mosquitoes a recent version called O X five O three four in a stretch of Monroe County still to be chosen. Well, they've already chosen. It's already been done. But okay. So, but this is why I wanted to reinforce because she said it kind of quickly. Who the who who the players are in this deal, right? The eggs shipped from the biotech company Oxitec. O X I T E C. And let's pause for a quick guessing game, kids. What, what country do you think they were shipped from, right? So we know that it came from some biotech company called Oxitec. What's your guess of where they're located? Ding, ding, ding. Abington, England. <laughs> Our buddies in eugenics, the United Kingdom. I couldn't make this stuff if I tried. So they said they, they, will, they come from Abington, a-B-I-N-G-D-O-N, England, will grow into normal-looking males. I don't believe that thing about they have that dot of things on them, right? They, they said these mosquitoes have some dot that makes them fluorescent. I don't know. 
you know, we have to be careful before we just start believing anything, right? Because anyway, so yeah, we have to be careful just believing what they're saying. So I, I'm not sure that these mosquitoes are necessarily marked, right? So these people haven't shown a real good um, um, extensive habits of um, carefulness, right? <laughs> they leave nuclear waste laying all over and stuff. So, um, so they set out specially bred male yellow fever mosquitoes. Um, and the company is Oxitex, O-X-I-T-E-C. So yeah, that's what the Oxitec is. And here's where I got started today. Um, I was just merrily going along and going to do the show about the atom bomb is fake. <laughs> okay. Florida mosquitoes being tested for Zika after a woman contracted the virus without traveling to infected region. And this is, um, well, it's, it's today. I, I don't have the exact date here. I have the date for the next show. But anyway, so Miami woman was diagnosed with Zika t virus last week. She has not traveled abroad. Smarks, sparks, fears, sparks, fears, U.S. mosquitoes have Zika. Officials have not ruled out the chance the woman contracted it from sex. CDC has given Florida $5.6 million grant to fight Zika this week. Utah is also investigating a Zika case that does not involve sex or travel. U.S. mosquitoes could catch the virus by biting infected patients. Now, 400 pregnant women, three more babies infected, and I don't know, that, that is what the CDC said on Thursday, okay. Um, and then there was another article from June the 26th, so this was just yesterday, okay. Now we're June the 27th, 2023. Um, first U.S. malaria case diagnosed in decades in Florida and Texas. So we're moving along here, right? Um, I think that's all I have on, uh, no, wait a minute. Okay, this is a good one. Because I have a piece here about those nuclear plants. Um, come to find out what they're pitching right now are those small modular nuclears, if I don't get back to it. What, what's, what's going on now with Bill Gates and all of them are coming up with all these drawings and stuff of small <laughs> nuclear reactors. And uh, what the plan is, is that, um, well, this is to raise funding and stuff, but their plan is being disrupted by their friends at Stanford who, you know, these, these small reactors are coming to find out, take even more. <laughs> they take even more power and create more, more toxicity, you know, runoff and things to dispose of than the huge, huge ones do. But anyway, so let me get back here. Malaria cases in Texas and Florida are the first U.S. spread. So now we're already spreading, right? Um, so <laughs> see how the evolution of marketing starts to evolve in here, right? I just did a quick look around for what articles are out there. Um, the United States has seen five cases of malaria spread by mosquitoes in the last two months. It's getting serious, folks. It's getting serious, right? The first time there's been local spread in 20 years, 
prompting officials to issue a public health alert. Four cases were identified in southwest Florida and one in Texas, south, south, southern Texas, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention said. Malaria is a serious disease transmitted through the bite of an infected female mosquito, according to the CDC. Although malaria can be fatal, the CDC said illness and death from the disease can usually be prevented. You see how the marketing's going? So yeah, I mean these, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I really am crazy, but it appears to me that uh, <laughs> quite simply, <laughs> these mosquitoes <laughs> that they're releasing <laughs> are likely the cause, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, because what they did was they said that in 20, this, I'm just putting this together, right? But this is because it's part of the history, okay? Because I found a piece that said, as dengue, that's dengue, that's D-E-N-G-U-A, case rises in the Florida Keys. Because there's always like some master plot along here, right? <laughs> so, as dengue cases rise in the Florida Keys, a much debated public health tool gets a nod for 2021. See, I think they started with this ding thing first, right? In 2021, saying that, oh my God, we've got ding. And so now, 2023, officially, malaria cases in Texas and Florida are the first U.S. spread years. Well, I don't know. I kind of see a correlation here between when they started releasing these things um, and uh, when these... Um, the first insects released in the United States, also from Oxitec, were the early versions of pink ballworm moss for an eradication program to wipe out this cotton pest in the U.S. Southwest. This genetic tweak merely supplied a marker that could identify irradiated insects that didn't change any fertility genes. So here's the bottom line. This stuff is very new on their radar for this eugenics, okay? And I'm not going to get too bogged down because I have, I, I have quite a few things here that I'll be reading to you. And here's the deal. I think this is a master plot. <laughs> Likely, well, because if they say that X number of people get murdered, or excuse me, I didn't mean to use that word. If they say they have... If so many people have somehow gotten these diseases, I don't know why I was thinking it was murder, but if so many people get these diseases, um, we really don't know all of the other outcomes, right? So let's say you get this dengue disease, or let's say malaria. You may never recover, okay? So, you, But you may never recover in other ways. Like, you may not drop over dead that week to become the death statistics when they say it's like 2.7 million. Or, I have the numbers here somewhere. But when they say how many people are murdered, you have to expand all this out because think about it this way. Um, if they're saying that number, well, they, I've proven they're pretty lousy record keepers, right? So I imagine whatever number I give you today that they're claiming, mark my word, when this marketing, which is really rolling out, actually starting today, this number of how many people they have claimed this thing has killed, um, 
will be much exaggerated because like with these things with these nuclear power plants, I read all kinds of numbers. Well, the nuclear power plants provided 5% of energy. And some of like, hey, 20% of energy. So remember, when you're dealing with a whole mass of people that are all liars, your numbers are gonna bounce around. And if somebody gets malaria from one of these mosquitoes and gets very sick, a lot of things could happen, right? <laughs> I mean, they could linger on for a long time. Um, you know, and do all kinds of other things and never become officially statistics. And you'd have to explain to me how in Africa, as poorly as this is all being run, anybody is keeping track of any statistics to speak of, right? That's the plan, not the bug in the system. Why would they bog themselves down with studying this stuff? The, the deal is to get this stuff out there, get people infected, and push drugs and vaccines. It's, it's not to figure out the cure, right? Because if anybody in this entire thing was looking for the cure, and I'm just going to focus on Africa today, if, if anybody's focusing on the cure, let's say for Africa, well, why hasn't anybody brought Africa clean water? I don't want to start stumbling people up with some general facts, but uh, this is all, <coughs> excuse me, all of these things come from dirty water, right? So they are spending all of their funding and stuff to give diseases than to give drugs and solutions to Africa and it looks like the same process is going to kick off here in the United States okay so <coughs> so I, I cruised over to Yandex and all I typed in was mosquitoes okay <laughs> okay what are Gates and Pentagon releasing GMO mosquitoes in Florida Keys I like to look at other people's input. Despite strong resident protests, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and Florida agencies have approved controversial release of millions of genetically modified or gene-edited killer mosquitoes into the Florida Keys. At the same time, the controversial presidential science advisor nominee of Biden is involved in development of the CRISPR CR. I-S-P-R, technology being used to genetically modify things. Okay, so you're looking for a CRISPR technology, C-R-I-S-P-R, okay, supposedly. Now, because it said this is how Bill Gates, the Pentagon, and the eugenics lobby come together, it's now alarming. See, people are just starting to realize that they're all working together, right? So anyway, so look at the CRISPR thing. So, I looked at some trials of this Oxitec company, and it said at another trial, because they've been, they've been doing this stuff around the world, okay? And I'm hoping you pick up these words and buzz off with them, because it's pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Because remember, this is all about saving money, and what a better way to conduct your eugenics by something as cheap as mosquitoes that are also funded by the U.S. taxpayers, right? So, at another trial by Oxitec for the same agent, this, some, this, some, this, this gene editing mosquito, okay, is what they're calling it, in Bahia, Brazil, in a test to see if the gene edited mosquitoes would mate with look. So they, so they were doing tests about Zika malaria in this company, Oxitec. So look for what studies they're doing because 
I believe this started several years ago, and they had a little bit harder time pushing it into this country, but now it looks to me like all bets are off, okay? Uh, I just found some rough articles. A company just released 150,000, okay, um, genetically modified mosquitoes were just released in the U.S. for the first time, thanks to a biotech firm funded by Bill Gates. <coughs> Now, <coughs> I did. <coughs> excuse me. I didn't rush over there and confirm this. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> the the Bill Gates biotech firm Oxitec. So Bill Gates is connected to Oxitec. Okay, is going ahead with plans to release hundreds of millions of gene alterating mosquitoes in Florida in order to test an experimental new form of population control. The initial, they're, they're talking about population control for mosquitoes. The initial batch of mosquitoes was released this week. The controversial project conducted as part of a partnership between the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District and Oxitec will see six locations in the region to host Oxitec's gene-hacked mail, and they're called AEDES, A-E-D-E-S, Aegypti, A-E-G-Y-P-T-I. It's funny that Aegis, Aegypta, they have like Egypt in the title, right? A-E-D-E-S, and the next word is A-E-G-Y-P-T-I. Mosquitoes over the next few months. Oxitec, which announced a collaboration with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in 2018. So, it says the t new test would help to greatly reduce populations of the mosquito breed, which is responsible for spreading diseases such as dengue and malaria. So, okay, so what did I just say? Wasn't it 2018? Florida's talking about dengue, right? D-E-N-G-U-E. And then all of a sudden now we're, the spread is on. It's in Texas. <clears throat> so now we're moving towards malaria. Well, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to have to, um, now that I have a new skill, I'm going to have to um, click off of this for a few minutes here. Because I've done record this show was after, over six years now. I turned six years in um, April. But anyway, so <clears throat> I have recorded it, and I have a process that I take, right? I click here. I do that. And I'm having to carefully think <laughs> before I hit the pause button here since I learned how to hit pause, I have to rewire my brain a little bit, my foggy radiation brain. So let me see here very carefully. Okay. Be back in a bit. I am going to play this clip because we're talking about mosquitoes today, right? And they may seem like little tiny things, but I think we need to focus on mosquitoes. So we need to understand them better. <clears throat> so there's this clip and it's called because, um, well, we need to understand it bottom line right make excuses but so anyway it is called life cycle of a mosquito also known as a deadly and cost-effective and cheap part of the eugenics program that they're just getting now use getting getting organized now so we should know as much as possible too many, too many centuries of us not looky-looky a little closer and letting their experts tell us what is going on. Insects. 
play an important role in most ecosystems around the world. They help to recycle nutrients and provide a food source for many other organisms. Some insects also help in the processes of pollination and seed dispersal in plants. Insects are definitely a fascinating group of organisms. But there is one type of insect I am not a fan of. Mosquitoes. Or as Australians like to call them, mozzies. Their bite can ruin your picnic, and their annoying buzz can keep you up at night. Most importantly, some mozzies can spread diseases like malaria and dengue fever. To help prevent the spread of these diseases and control mosquito populations, it's important to learn about their life cycle. So let's take a look. In order to reproduce, mosquitoes need fresh water that is stagnant. Stagnant means the water is not flowing, like the water in ponds, puddles, and around the base of plant pots. After mating, a female mosquito lays eggs in water. The eggs are grouped together, forming an egg raft. A mosquito larva hatches from each egg. The larvae do not look like adult mosquitoes at all. They have elongated bodies that hang at the surface of the water. They get the oxygen they need by taking in air through a snorkel-like tube called a siphon. They get the food they need by filter feeding on microorganisms around them. To escape danger, larvae will often dive below the surface in an S-like motion, which is why they often get called wrigglers. The larvae molt and grow rapidly, with the whole larval stage lasting around 10 days. Next up, the mosquito enters the non-feeding pupal stage. Pupae still require oxygen and take in air at the surface of the water. Pupae are sensitive to changes in their environment and respond by rolling below the surface, giving them the nickname tumblers. The pupal stage lasts for just a few days after which an adult mosquito emerges. Male adult mosquitoes usually feed on nectar from flowers. Female adult mosquitoes feed on the blood of humans and other animals. The blood is used to produce the eggs from which larvae will hatch and the life cycle continues. There are around 3,000 different species of mosquitoes that all undergo the same four-stage life cycle. Egg, larva, pupa, P-U-P-A, and adult. All species, the larva and pupa stages are aquatic. Not all mozzies spread disease, but two bad fellas to watch out for are the Aedes mosquitoes, which can spread dengue fever, and Anopheles mosquitoes that can spread malaria. 
So now we know the stages of the life cycle of mosquitoes. How can we use this knowledge to keep these pests away from our homes, gardens and parks? Well, that's it for that. So, yeah, so that gives us a little background. These things seem to go from, what is it, 12 plus a couple? I mean, really, they can breed, I would suggest, pretty quickly. Okay, um, so then I was looking into mosquito seasons and kind of just picked Africa just to give us some reference point here, okay? Um, let me see. Mosquito season in Africa varies depending on the region and climate. Yeah, I could have guessed that. In general, mosquito activity is highest during the rainy season. Yeah, I could have guessed that. When there's plenty of surface water. Okay, look for surface water. Um, yeah, well, I think when you look at poorer countries, surface water is certainly something that crops out of living in a poor country, right? So, um... So I'm, the mosquitoes prefer humid environments and are more active in areas with high humidity. So that gives them Florida and wherever they're testing all around the world, right? So if you got, um, so mosquitoes are most active at temperatures between 15 to 25 degrees. Um, they cannot live or function properly when the air temperature is below 10 degrees Celsius or 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So obviously, and you're looking for humidity, and it said water. Mosquitoes lay their eggs in standing water. So areas with plenty of surface water, such as pools, marshes, and swamps, are ideal breeding grounds for mosquitoes. And then wind, mosquitoes are weak flyers and are less active in windy conditions. So yeah, I think that tells us about mosquitoes, right? <clears throat> so, um, okay. Um, oh, I want to talk about this because I, I won't, well, no, I'm not going to talk about that now. I found out some stuff about somebody from um, World War II, but I'll move it over there, okay, it's basically what the U.S. military did for World War II when they were having trouble with the draft, they actually seriously recruited handicapped people, mentally handicapped people to go to Vietnam, and I had a cousin who was one of those, and it just occurred to me today, anyway, so I'll get back to that later, I mean, th this just shows, I'm just trying to pick out the biggest cases, right, and when you take a population of several hundred thousand mentally challenged, maybe just not quite up to par people, and as you're recruiting efforts, you grab those people and send them to Vietnam, something is so evil. And these same evil people, maybe they can't grab these kids and send them to Vietnam, but they can unleash these mosquitoes, so I need to let that one go. So anyway, so... Yeah, I ran across that because McNamara has been missing from my radar. But anyway, I'll get back to that. They actually had a plan, a written plan of recruiting people. But anyway, so, okay, mosquitoes are considered one of the most dangerous insects in the world. Yeah, we got that part. Um, they can prove, <clears throat> um, let me see, they said, um, I, I didn't look at the other insects because I'm just going to focus today on 
mosquitoes, okay? Um, <laughs> because I did, uh, I did look into, are there other insects as deadly or as easy to manipulate their DNA as mosquitoes? And I believe that we should focus on mosquitoes. I think they're our target here. <laughs> but there are other insects that do other things is what I'm trying to say. Okay, so um, I looked into some of the ways that they recommend preventing because that's just always, remember, the cure is always dangerous, right? So one of the best ways to prevent mosquito bites is to use an insect repellent that contains DEET. Um, another way, there are some natural cures, okay, using limited eucalyptus, but you'll have to go and look. Just, just go and ask for, are there natural cures for mosquitoes, okay? Um, because they say another way is to keep your skin from being, keep your skin covered. That's why you see people in these countries, it may be hot out, but they'll have long sleeves on and stuff. <laughs> so, I would say, so I'm getting back to how this feeds into the eugenics, right? Because they also have a class of drugs <laughs> that you can take to treat or prevent malaria. So, the class of drugs are called anti-malarial anti drugs. Chloroquine phosphate, and these other ones that I can't pronounce, quinine, I've read about that one. Um, but you're looking for anti-malarial drugs. So once you know what to look for, okay, and um, then I was looking at the side effects because I have looked at, remember a couple of years ago when they are pushing that ivermectin? I did a show about all these drugs in Africa. Look for my show that the Carters are in Africa dishing out drugs, but um, ivermectin is one that they all love to push. All of them act like, give us more ivermectin. Well, ivermectin has a million, I mean million side, side effects. So what they're doing with these drugs in a nutshell is this, okay? It's, it, they're selling them. So if you're gonna visit one of these countries that has high incidence of these things, you can get some drugs to take before, there, or whatever. And they also have these drugs to hand out to people there already, right? Because um, they're called anti malarial drugs, okay? So they already have anti-malarial drugs in the market in these countries to combat these crazy mosquitoes, right? So, um, and I ask, it says, like all medications, anti-malarial drugs can cause side effects. The specific side effects will depend on the drug taken. Some common side effects of anti-malarial drugs include nausea, vomiting, stomach pain, diarrhea, headache, dizziness, and itching. More serious side effects can also occur, such as changes in heart rhythm, seizures, and allergic reactions. Most side effects of anti-malarial drugs are short-term and resolve once the, once the medication is stopped. However, some antiviral drugs can cause long-term side effects. For example, chloroquine and hydroquinone, which everybody's always talking about, can cause eye damage, including retinopathy with long-term use. Primacin 
It's P-R-I-M-A-Q-U-I-N-A. And remember, these drugs may have other names too, okay? But you have to know, start someplace, right? Premacan can cause um, anemia in people with glucose. Yeah, lots of bad stuff, right? Um, deficiencies. So um, they do have those things. So the most common thing used for mosquitoes is a thing called DEET. And DEET is an effective insect repellent that has been studied for over 40 years. The Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, has, <coughs> I, got the, I got this off of Bing. EPA has confirmed that when properly used, DEET works and poses no health risk even to kids. However, some people may experience side effects such as skin irritation, redness, rash, and swelling. Eye irritation, <coughs> excuse me, eye irritation. If you're wondering why don't I just put on pause if I have a coughing fit now because <laughs> I may not find my way back. But anyway, so, <coughs> okay, so, okay. But here's where it, here's where it also, so DET, DET, skin irritation, redness, rash, swelling, eye irritation, stomach upset, vomiting, and nausea have also been reported. See, they've also been reported. Reported means they didn't point you to a study, now did they? <laughs> and it said, rarely seizures have been associated with DET. Rarely, okay, okay. DET can also damage synthetic fibers, plastics, and watch crystals. Some people may not like the unpleasant smell or oily feel of DET. Okay, um, so they said that there are several mosquito repellents used in Africa. Many travelers in East Africa often use DET-based products such as cutters, C-U-T-T-E-R-S, and insect repellent for travelers from the UK, America, and Europe. Others use natural products such as citronella, soybean oil, blah, blah. You're going to have to look at these things for yourself, okay, because most of these words I, I couldn't even try to pronounce. So there are some more natural cures if you're planning your next trip to Africa. <laughs> so, some other natural, yeah, there's a lot of them. So anyway, so, um, but... What, what, of course, they're pushing is the dangerous ones, right? So now we get to the punchline here, okay? <clears throat> because I'm reading all this stuff about Zika is now in Florida. Now the alert is on Zika is now in Texas, right? And then I went to look for all the drugs, right? So now I'm at the very headline of this whole thing for today, okay? Here's the deal. I went to look for, are there any vaccines for this stuff that we're all now actively talking about, right? And the answer was, yes, there is a vaccine for malaria. The first approved vaccine for malaria is RTS, I think it's comma S or point S, but RTS.S, known by the brand name Mosquique. M 
O-S-Q-U-I-R-I-X. As of April 2023, and we are right now in June 2023, so this is indeed hot off the press, the vaccine, isn't it funny how now they got the vaccine and then just, we I, I, I got the disease here, so... What they'll do is start with the vaccine in places like Florida, and then they'll say, well, it's spread all over the world. <laughs> Everybody's got to get it. Okay, so um, it's BTT.S, okay, um, in Mosquik, M-O-S-Q-U-I-R-I-X, okay. Um, it is, uh, the vaccine has already been given to 1.5, now, this is as of April. I didn't stop to figure out as of June, okay? <laughs> so, as of April 2023, the vaccine has been given to 1.5 million children living in areas with moderate to high malaria transmission. It requires at least three doses in infants by age two. You heard me right, two, dose, T-W-O. They want to give babies three doses by age two, and a fourth dose extends the protection for another one to two years. The vaccine reduces hospital admissions from severe malaria by around 30%. Where'd they get that number from? Who knows? They just came out with it, right? And it said, according to, this is, this is chat GPT talking, because I, now I'm starting to look for, well, where are all these people getting these things, and where, who, who's dying where, right? Unfortunately, when I've been doing this work for so many years, my next response has to be, okay, now I figured out we got this disease going on, so how many people are being killed by it, okay? And it said, according to my sources, the countries most impacted by mosquitoes and deaths are Nigeria, the Democratic Republic of Congo, DRC, and the United Republic of Tanzania and Mozambique. These countries account for about 53% of all mosquito deaths around the world. In 2017, five countries accounted for nearly half of all malaria case cases worldwide. And that breaks down, well, I don't know how accurate these numbers, but it breaks down to Nigeria, 25%, the Dominican, D Democratic Republic of Congo, 11%, Mozambique, 5%, India, 4%, and Uganda, 4%. So if I were you concerned about these areas, I would go looking over at Yandex for more current data, because this is just 2017. Because what you'll probably find if you decide to start tracking some of this data, because I certainly won't be, um, is that what you'll find is that once this thing gets rolling, and once they get the idea that, well, the vaccines are out there, and you've got, we got we got it in Florida, now Texas, these numbers will start to implode, right? So all of a sudden, we'll be fighting off a much bigger disease. Okay, so um, then I was looking at some of these medicines, um, and that's that BT... S dot S. It was developed by PATH, P-A-T-H, Malaria Vaccine Initiative, M-V-I, because you always want to look for who funded this, right? 
So the first funder of this vaccine, Moski, M-O-S-Q-U-I-R-I-X, who developed and funded it? Well, PATH, P-A-T-H, Valeria Vaccine Initiative, or MVI, and Glasgow Smith Klein, or GSK, with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Malaria Vaccine Implementation Program is coordinated by, who are you going to call, and supported by in-country and international partners, including PATH, UNICEF, and GSK, which is donating up to 10 million doses of the vaccine for the pilot. So um, they've already given out um, 1.5 million um, in, by April 2023. Okay, um, I looked into manufacturing capacity. Manu manufacturing capacity for tens of millions of doses each year. <laughs> well, that's good to know. They got plenty of them coming, right? Global vaccine supply chains and distribution infrastructure in malaria-affected countries will also be needed. Each country will need to maximize vaccine uptake and ensure completion of the four-dose immunization schedule to obtain the vaccine's full benefit. Well, what does that mean to you? It means to me, let's get those tiny infants on those multiple doses before they're even taking practically their first breath, right? So yeah, they donated, well now they said they donated 10 million doses. Um, uh, and then I was looking at obstacles to um, distribution, okay. Um, for some reason I had that, I was looking at money to date, but remember, it could be, it's much larger because I found 2019, but I didn't want a massive hunt for 2023. I think we get the idea of what's going on here. More than 155 million has been secured from Gavi. Gavi is a group you need to know. Gavi is the vaccine authority, G-A-B-I. Gavi is the, alliance, the vaccine alliance to support the introduction, procurement, and delivery of the malaria vaccines for Gavi-eligible countries in sub-Saharan Africa. So what you're looking for is Gavi, the vaccine alliance, okay? And you, you're looking for Gavi-eligible countries in sub-Saharan Africa. Okay, since the world's first malaria vaccine was introduced in 2019, it has been well accepted in African communities after a relatively short period of time. So, 2019 is, it looks like when this came out. I was reading 2023, but I'll pause and take a look real quick. Um, so, um, I was looking at challenges. There are several challenges in distribu distributing the malaria vaccine in Africa. Africa's lack of health care facilities and workers, the multi-million dollar price tag for distribution, and the expanding scope of malaria-carrying mosquitoes all pose a threat to eradication efforts. Well, I have an idea. They said it's the expanding scope of malaria-carrying mosquitoes. How about if they just stop cutting them loose, right? How about if they just stop breeding mosquitoes? <laughs> Boy, this is quite a plot, isn't it? Breed something as simple as a mosquito. Just think about it. Just think about it, okay? They figured out this is the level they're on. Everybody thinks they're on the matrix level, right? 
and I'm showing you all that matrix stuff, all this stuff about NASA is all cooked up, right? So they're on the level of their eugenics push now of actual mosquitoes. Just let that sink in, okay? Uh, <laughs> okay, um, so the expanding scope of malaria-carrying mosquitoes, yes, and vaccine manufacturers, charitable organizations, government agencies, and local public health officials have to concentrate <laughs> on getting shots in arms as equitably and quickly as possible without foregoing other older methods of malaria prevention. Oh, this is good. So what this means is they want to introduce these vaccines and get them rolling, okay, but they want to keep all these other meds still in play is how this appears to me, right? So this is going to be a pretty big money grab um, of how much they're going to be able to scope in on. They got travelers traveling to Africa and places that have mosquitoes. Everybody's in a panic mode, right? So you can sell a lot of pills for people that <laughs> they're traveling somewhere. You can sell a lot of pills to the same travelers while they're there. And then uh, when they come back, anytime they have a twitch, they're probably going to think they caught something in that country. So you're going to sell a lot of pills after they get back. And then you come up with the vaccine and everybody's like, well, <laughs> this will help me from taking all those pills. But behind door number three, they will say, well, okay, we've decided the vaccine is really a good idea, but we don't want you to forget all the other tools, meaning because all the other tools that we're talking about here, ivermectin and all of them, are very, very cheap to produce, highly toxic, likely kill a lot of people that don't know that they got killed by that particular drug. They, they don't hand these things out with any specific instructions, right? I, I, go look at my show about the Carters, what they're doing in Africa with all those pills. I went through all of it there. They don't tell you, well, eat before you take this pill so you don't get nauseous. No, they, 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 they alleviate all of that information, right? And then literally hand it out in villages with no hope of any follow-up medical care. So, uh, yeah, the reason why they're sketchy, sketchy on details is that is how you conduct an effective eugenics program. It's like, how have they decided all these years to not clean up nuclear waste? Well, why would they have been bothered with cleaning it up? Because that would take money out of the money they could use to build more nuclear waste, more nuclear facility, you see what I mean? So we have kind of assumed all of this time that these people were taking, oh, I don't know, maybe certain precautions? <laughs> but I think time is starting to prove that this is going to be a doggy dog, <laughs> a doggy proposition here. So I'll be back in a minute. Well, this is great stuff. Let me take a look here. I, I did a um, search on YouTube. All I typed in was Zika virus, and then I filtered it by this week. Well, 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 what do we have here? Who? Who are you going to call? Prepares for El Nino-linked spread of viral diseases like dengue, Zika virus, and that chicky one. C-H-I-K-U-N-G-U-N-Y-A. So, it's just a very short clip, it's, I don't know, under four minutes, so let's just take a listen here. See, this thing is just clicking right along now, isn't it? It's great to be able to kind of catch it in real time, so let's take a look. WHO is preparing for the very high probability that 2023 and 2024 will be marked by an El Nino event, 
which could increase transmission of dengue and other so-called arboviruses such as Zika and Chikungunya. Oh, this clip came out. It's called, Who Prepares, Who Are You Gonna Call? For El Nino-linked spread of viral diseases like dengue, Zika virus, and that chicky one. <laughs> we'll just call it chicky. Okay, so this came out, today is 2023, June 27th. It came out five days ago. <laughs> so, exactly five days ago, we're now brewing this thing coming up. Okay, so here we go. They, they figured out the mosquitoes. Now they got to get the cause to get these things spreading all over the place, right? And that will be from their friends at the United States Air Force with the HARP program to spread bad weather all along so they can increase the spread is how it really works. So let me just, I'll play this all the way through. So here we go. Let me, let me start over again. And this is the who guy talking. Okay, here we go. I'll just play it all the way through. WHO is preparing for the very high probability that 2023 and 2024 will be marked by an El Nino event which could increase transmission of dengue and other so-called arboviruses such as Zika and Chikungunya. It's just showing pictures of mosquitoes. Um, it says, the World Health Organization's Director General Tedros What's-His-Face announces the high risk of viral diseases in a press briefing. And then El Nino is a climate pattern that occurs every few years when the Pacific Ocean warms up. This warming can lead to changes in weather patterns which can make it easier for mosquitoes to breed and spread diseases. WHO chief also warned that climate change is fueling the breed of mosquitoes and incident. Of dengue has already sharply increased in recent decades, particularly in the Americas. The incidence of dengue has grown dramatically around the world in recent decades, especially in the Americas, which reported 2.8 million cases and 1,280 deaths last year. WHO is preparing for the very high probability that 2023 and 2024 will be marked by an El Nino event, which could increase transmission of dengue and other so-called arboviruses such as Zika and Chikungunya. The effects of climate change are also fueling mosquito breeding and the spread of diseases. To respond to this threat, WHO last year established the Global Arbovirus Initiative, which aims to strengthen the world's ability to prevent, detect, and respond to outbreaks of this disease. Many of the same capacities that countries established for COVID-19 can also be leveraged for dengue and other diseases. Aha. And many of the actions that can prevent dengue are the same actions that can help to prevent so many other diseases, including climate action. Peru has declared a state of emergency in most regions this year due to viral diseases. And its health minister, Rosa Guterres, also resigned. Let me see. Also resigned on... Let me back up here. I want to read it all. Boy, they're really flying along here. Um, <laughs> 
what they do is they have copy and talk and always have music underneath it, right? Okay, and it's Health Minister Rosa Gutierrez also resigned on 15 June amid the surge in dengue cases. Now, why did Rosa Gutierrez design, resign on June the 15th? Don't know, so we'll keep looking here. Let me see here. Dengue, what I'm going to be doing is pausing. I, I can't keep up reading it. <laughs> this is Dengue is transmitted through the bites of Aedes aegypti. And this is fascinating. This word is A-E-D-E-S, A-E-G-Y-P-T-I. Now, why does that word say aegypti, right? So just remember, if you just remember making fun about Egypt, so when you read this Aedes aegypti, you'll know you're looking at the right mosquitoes, okay? Just remember Egypt is in the name. Because once you, once you identify these things, they, they make it sound like we're never going to catch on to this stuff, right? But once you start to figure out a few of the words, well, then you start to get on a real trail at that point. So, dengue is transmitted through the bites of 80s aegypti mosquitoes with symptoms. That include fever, eye, head, muscle and joint pain, nausea, vomiting, and fatigue. Who are you going to call? Is working with countries around the world to prepare for the potential increase in cases of these diseases. That, that, that music's kind of interesting, right? That's one thing that they really had it together when they were doing the old movies back then. Um, th those people were far more skilled than these people. That's all I'm going to say right now. But anyway, so, um, yeah, they really had the movie. The movies, the old movies, had the, the music, the perfect buildup of music and stuff. But anyway, so, <laughs> so who is working with countries around the world? This is just so re refreshing to know that they are on it and, ready to kick into action. Those vaccines are already sitting in places ready for distribution. Boy, this is really going some fast, isn't it? This includes providing training to health workers, increasing the availability of diagnostic tests and drugs and working to reduce mosquito populations. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm misreading this, but everything I've said today led me to believe they were increasing mosquito populations, right? So, so the new plan is they're working on diagnostic tests and drugs and working to reduce mosquito populations. Well, okay. Who is calling on countries to take action to address climate change and to take steps to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions? They're showing a bunch of people in floods in China. And to invest in adaptation measures that can help to protect people from the impacts of climate change. Okay, that's it. So, yeah, so, uh, boy, they're really on the ball, aren't they? A few years ago, they're starting to identify it. They're dropping mosquitoes in Florida a couple years ago, 
and all of a sudden, see, it's just a miracle, right? All of a sudden, just out of the blue, Zika is increasing. And then to help it along, all of a sudden we have El Nino coming, right? Well, this is just kind of a miracle or, or just kind of a very strange coincidence, if you ask me. Well, let's just continue on while we're on the subject here because they also had a press conference. Press conference, 22 June, spread of mosquito-borne diseases in EU and EEA. And I have not listened to it. We're going to be doing all of this cold as I'm going along. So let's tune into this press conference. Well, it says starting soon. So let me scan forward here a little bit. Um, Well, this is 22 June, right? Okay. They really have this thing going for quite a while before they start. Okay, here they start. Okay. Gee, I could have looked. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, this is, let me back up one second here because this is good. This is very, very good. I'm glad we can tune in because this is the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control. <laughs> Boy, this is nothing like catching the, nothing, nothing like catching the murder plot as it's going along now, is it, kids? Okay, so let's tune in here. It's called... ECDC press conference 22 June spread of mosquito borne diseases. Okay, let's see what these people have to say. While our speakers are uh, talking, afterwards the floor will be open for questions. So when you want to ask a question, please raise your hand, turn on the camera, and introduce yourself. Also, you can ask questions via chat, and I will read it out. Also to say this press conference is being web streamed and it will be placed on our YouTube channel afterwards. I believe we're ready and I will be, give the floor to our director, Andrea. Andrea, the floor is yours. Thank you so much and uh, a good morning also from my side and very welcome to our press conference on the mosquito-borne uh, diseases. Uh, the reason why we're having this is because uh, summer started and that is when uh, mosquitoes also become um, uh, more visible and more active. Um, historically, um, we have, historically meaning like uh, uh, two decades ago, most of the diseases we, were talking, we will talk about today, we have um, only as imported cases. Uh, now um, we ha see them also as um, uh, domestically acquired. Oh cases, boy! <laughs> and uh, that is due to the presence of certain mosquitoes, where I will highlight uh, three of them uh, in the following. We have, as uh, uh, part of today's press conference, also launched uh, reports. Um, on, on the diseases that uh, Andrea Horvath-Kramaric mentioned, but also updated maps on these, uh, on these mosquitoes that I, I will, will uh, tell more about. Now, uh, the first one uh, that I uh, want to mention is the Asian tiger mosquito uh, that is called um, Aedes albopictus, which is a known vector of chikungunya, dengue, and Zika viruses. And uh, that uh, is uh, what we're seeing now is that this is spreading beyond the southern geographical boundaries in Europe and establishing itself further northwards and westwards. Um, there is another one, uh, the yellow fever mosquito, 
That's it. Okay, wait a minute. I put her on pause. See, when you learn one of the words, then it makes your, when you start looking later, you'll be able to just listen for that word, Egypt, Egypti. <laughs> and there's a reason why these freaks have it named that way, but if it's important, I'll talk about it later, but let's continue on with her. Yellow fever, uh, dengue, chikungunya, and Zika viruses, and can also in a circum uh, uh, certain circumstances transmit West Nile virus. Now, this mosquito has been up to now in the EU only in Madeira, where it caused in the year 2012 a huge dengue outbreak. Now it has established itself also in Cyprus. And although it's relatively intolerant to temperate winters, it's not impossible that it will establish itself uh, in other European countries. Now, um, alongside the observations about the Aedes mosquito spread, we have also seen an increase in the number of locally acquired cases of dengue, with a peak of, uh, in 2022, so last year, where 71 locally acquired dengue cases were reported in France and Spain. Uh-oh. Um, adaptation of these vectors uh, to call the climate and their establishment uh, in new areas increase the risk uh, of uh, locally acquired infections and the occurrence of outbreaks, following the introduction of the virus in uh, communities by travelers returning from uh, tropical and subtropical countries. So the sequence is you need the mosquito, but then you also need, of course, the virus and uh, usually the viruses come with um, uh, people from uh, uh, visiting tropical subtropical countries um, getting infected coming to an area where you these uh, mosquitoes are present the mosquitoes um, uh, get uh, uh, when they suck blood they get uh, these viruses um, uh, in and then um, possible a, a, a transmission can, can continue. Now the third uh, mos mosquito that I want to mention is one that is actually um, uh, native to Europe and that's the Culex mosquito that transmits the West Nile virus. And in the recent years we have um, uh, seen that the West Nile virus outbreaks and the, the number of cases, including severe cases and deaths, have been increasing. Um, and also the area of new, uh, the, 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 the number of new areas that are affected um, uh, by this uh, mosquito uh, is growing. Uh, last year in the EUEA, um, uh, countries reported 1,133 human cases of West Nile virus infection. Of course, 33, of which right? the majority, 1,112, were acquired here in Europe. The highest was the highest peak since 2018, which so far um, had um, uh, the, 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 the record. And we had uh, uh, reports of 92 deaths. Uh, and alone in Italy, uh, 723 locally acquired cases were reported last year, which was the, the record uh, to date there. 
So it's, of course, very difficult to establish the exact cause for the increase in number of cases, but uh, climate change uh, um, and... Can't possibly be those mosquitoes are unleashing now, can it? warm weather may be contributing to the uh, in, uh, spread of the viruses by creating more favorable conditions for the mosquito vector. So we are experiencing um, uh, a warming trend with uh, more frequent hot spells, uh, longer and warmer summers, uh, and an increase in the frequency and duration and severity of heat waves and flooding. So on the other hand, climate con uh, change is only one component because the situation is very complex. Um, <laughs> and the connection to other factors with an impact uh, on the spread of infectious diseases should be understood and assessed, uh, uh, needs to be understood to detect the complexity. And these factors include travel, uh, migration, uh, land use, habitat changes, water accessibility and quality. Now, given this complexity, uh, the interventions and efforts uh, also need to, to address this complexity. First of all, um, there are multiple actors required. This is a classic field for one health for the one health approach. And um, uh, what is needed is uh, research in human and animal health to better understand the epidemiology and diseases in humans and animals and the impact of climate on the occurrence of such uh, infections. Um, we need uh, uh, research on, um, uh, with a focus on the development of sustainable and eco-friendly vector control measures <laughs> to keep the mosquito population at the minimum and as much as possible pre uh, limit the invasion of um, uh, new exotic mosquito species. Of course, we also need to strengthen the capacity to detect uh, both the vectors, but also the disease. So the laboratory capacity for human and animal uh, cases needs to be enhanced, and where relevant, also the virus surveillance in vectors. So mosquito measures can include very simple um, uh, uh, measures, such as removing stagnant water uh, in the gardens where the mosquitoes can uh, chemicals to kill mosquito larvae or adults are often used. Well, there you go. And more recently, control measures such as the release of sterile male mosquitoes have been applied. Yeah, there you go. Um, enhanced surveillance and uh, early uh, at detection of travel-related, both travel-related and locally acquired cases of mosquito-borne infections remain. Yes, this is a good reason to call an emergency down the road, right? These mosquitoes start traveling in here from other countries and stuff. Well, she just admitted that they're releasing them, right? Nobody's hair caught on fire, right? It's essential to implement timely and appropriate vector control and disease control measures. So furthermore, it's also important to raise the awareness among the general public, healthcare professionals, and travelers about the diseases transmitted by mosquitoes. That's very essential. And this includes providing information on uh, symptoms, transmission, vaccines, prophylactic treatment uh, that is available, personal protective measures, also when travelers return to prevent um, mosquitoes feeding on them.
and mosquito population control. So as I said, it's very important to uh, make sure this is done um, in collaboration across disciplines. Um, and um, it, it we do realize they just passed this WHO thing that um, all countries are going to gang together in the future. They, I, I believe they've already passed it. <laughs> they've agreed that cooperation is needed to, pre to prevent any careless actions in the future. Probably one way of saying, hey, we kind of think we're a little bit confusing during this COVID thing, so we put something new in place, and who's going to run it? And it's some treaty that Biden signed us up for. So if I were you, I would go check that out, because they will easily be able to call this an emergency, mark my words, somewhere down the road here. And uh, they already have the thing in place. They got the vaccine in place. They got... Prophylactics means all disease. They always have all these weird names. Instead of just saying the other meds, they say prophylactics. <laughs> so anyway, so it may mean more, but for me it means other pills. But yeah, so they got the pills in place. They got the alarm system going, right? They've all signed this treaty, as I recall. I'll look and see if I'm completely wrong, I'll let you know. But I believe they've signed a treaty giving the WHO authorization. And don't forget, they also, um, it's always cause and effect, after what they did in um, Kigali where people were brutally murdered and the UN didn't intercede they came up with this thing oh it'll never happen again so they came up with this little gem called the Kigali principles what does that mean well go take it for a ride today kids take a look Kigali principles C-I-G-A-L-I -I. Obama signed the US up for it what that does that allows for the use of UN troops on US soil should there be any kind of civil unrest. Now aren't you glad they have all of this covered? So let's say that people go nuts if they decide to do vaccinations. Oh, let's say for mosquitoes, right? Well, if there's too much resistance, they have the cause and effect. And that whole deal which happened that triggered this thing with Kigali is Rwanda is, it happened in Rwanda, ton, they, they, basically, now I'm just talking off the top of my head, okay, from having looked at all of it, they basically always do the same thing. They pit two groups against the other groups, destabilizing government. Well, why don't you show me a government that the United States actually helped, right? So they, they destabilize the government, they put a crook in charge who they paid off, then they uh, get two sides fighting, get b both sides to getting more brutal than the last side. These people really like cooking up these brutal, you know, they got their heads cut off kind of scripts, right? So that all went on there, right? And because of all that, they said, oh, this will never happen again. So they came up with these Kigali principles. Well, conveniently, Obama signed the U.S. up to be part of it. So that means at any kind of conflict, the U.S. has already authorized for the U.N. peacekeeping troops to be on the streets. So just keep that in mind. So let's keep going here. I'm finding what she's saying very interesting just to kind of follow it in real time because it's kind of like, wow, this looks like a pretty big plot to me and all based on something as little and insignificant as a mosquito, right? <laughs> in this work, we work very closely with um, uh, other EU agencies such as the uh, EFSA um, and uh, also the Environment Agency. 
And um, I didn't mention, but uh, it's also very important that um, um, uh, the, the viruses can, of course, cause direct health problems, but they also um, can cause a uh, disruption of the blood stocks because um, um, uh, several of these vector-borne diseases can be transmitted by blood. And uh, whenever there's an outbreak of uh, West Nile fever or dengue, there is a deferral of donors from the affected areas, which can lead to shortages for blood uh, transfusions. And um, um, the, the alternative to uh, install a screening for blood donors is, of course, uh, uh, connected to a high cost. So we will continue to evaluate the risk for EU countries uh, of emerging vector-borne and particular mosquito-borne diseases um, uh, by issuing risk assessments on outbreaks that occur. We, either in Europe or in the EU uh, overseas territories, um, and we also uh, implement regular surveillance of uh, vector-borne diseases, provide an overview of the situation so that countries and the EU Commission can take informed actions to minimize the impact of these diseases at national and European level. And now I hand over to my colleague. Thank you, Andrea, for, for this address. Uh, and now we go to Celine Gottsmer, Principal Expert Emerging and Vector-Borne Diseases. Celine, the floor is yours. Thank you very much and good morning. Um, I would like to further expand on three critical points. So, first of all, the continuous and rapid spread of Aedes uh, albopictus. So the first detection of Aedes albopictus in Europe was in Albania in 1979. And in 2013, the mosquito was established in eight European countries and affected 11 and 14 regions. 10 years later, so today, the mosquito is established in 13 countries and 337 regions. While stopping its spread entirely will be challenging, we can act on the density of mosquitoes, meaning the quantity of mosquito in a defined area. And this will have two effects. First of all, the reduction of the nuisance, because a large number of mosquitoes impact the quality of life and reduce the time spent outdoors by people, and also limit the risk of viral disease outbreak. Because to have an outbreak, we need to have a critical mass of mosquitoes, and by reducing the number of mosquitoes, we reduce the risk of outbreaks. And it should be noted that all the outbreaks of dengue, chikungunya, and Zika that we have had in Europe in the past two decades have been driven by Aedes uh, albopictus. The second point is the recent establishment of Aedes aegypti in Cyprus. And there are a lot of similarity between Aedes albopictus and Aedes aegypti, but in terms of assessment, the risk related to Aedes aegypti is of highest concern because it has a very high capacity to transmit viruses, and in addition, it mainly bites humans. This means that if Aedes, Aedes aegypti sorry, bites someone who carries dengue, chikungunya, or dengue, of, of Zika, its next victim will be a human who will have a high chance to get infected. In comparison, Aedes uh, albopictus is what we call opportunistic, meaning that it bites any mammals that it finds. Additionally, Aedes aegypti has a high capacity to transmit the yellow fever virus, 
that is known to cause very large outbreaks, including in urban areas. Uh, as the establishment of Aedes in Cyprus is only recent, it is crucial to contain its spread and potentially eradicate the... She is talking about Croatia in Cyprus. Um, there's, <coughs> excuse me, evidently an outbreak of this. They always have to have a place where it starts, right? I'm starting to notice a pattern here, mosquitoes, humans, bats, humans. <laughs> the vector from the island. At this moment, we cannot exclude that the mosquito will spread to Turkey and Greece and possibly to other parts uh, of Europe. The third point um, is a striking increase in number of cases of dengue in continental Europe. So the first locally acquired case of dengue in Europe were in 2010 in France and Croatia. And between 2010 and 2021, there were 74 cases of dengue in Croatia, France, Italy, and Spain. In 2022 alone, so last year, there were 71 cases reported, 65 in France, in nine different outbreaks, and six in Spain. It was one outbreak. So this means that the environmental conditions in Southern Europe have become extremely favorable to the mosquito, to the transmission of arboviruses, meaning viruses that are transmitted by arthropod vectors like uh, mosquitoes. And we can expect to see more outbreaks of vector-borne diseases and possibly larger outbreaks, and particularly in the light of uh, climate change. So to limit the impact of mosquito-borne diseases, we should act on five different pillars. Firstly, individual protection against mos mosquito bites uh, is crucial. Travelers visiting countries in the tropics and subtropics should use mosquito repellent and it is equally important for them to continue using mosquito repellent for a duration of two weeks upon return to Europe, particularly if they live or if they visit an area where Aedes mosquito is established. And this is to meet... She's saying even after you get back you should use mosquito repellent for a couple of weeks? <laughs> well, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Go ahead. Uh, here we go. Indicate the risk of local transmission then uh, in Europe. They should also wear long sleeve, long pants, use bed nets, uh, window and door screens, and uh, air conditioning and fans uh, that are effective measures. The second pillar, vector control measures that should be combined with community engagement. And we can cite source reduction, which is a key component of vector control. And it aims at eliminating mosquito breeding sites to reduce the mosquito population. And for instance, eliminating standing water that can be in containers, flower pots, buckets, tires, uh, would be essential. For large pool of water, like for example ponds, the use of larvicides that prohibit the moving from larva stage to adult stage can be used. And it's also important to manage the vegetation where mosquitoes are resting. Additionally, particularly when there's an outbreak, uh, we can use adulticides to target adult mosquitoes. And these are effective techniques, but they have an ecological cost. And there's, there are also innovative methods like the sterile insect techniques 
and the use of wall backyards that have also shown promising results in controlling mosquito populations. And for this, the community engagement is crucial, as the measure mentioned require an active involvement of the community. So the third pillar is that we should ensure early de detection of cases and adequate management of those cases. So we should raise awareness about the risk of infection among travelers, but also the symptoms, particularly for travelers going to the tropical and subtropical countries and the residents uh, of area where IDS mosquitoes are, are present. The general practitioner should be able to recognize the symptoms and the laboratory should have the capacity to I'm going to add this um, right now because I want to make sure I say it. Um, all of these, I've been looking into um, rivers and stuff around the world. So I suggest you look into the rivers because they're doing all kinds of stuff with rivers. For example, they're damming them up and this and that. Well, I am just guessing, okay, but there's a lot of rivers out there, and I didn't spend months on it. I, I spent a decent amount of time to come to a conclusion that these rivers all around are becoming dry because supposedly climate, right? And um, well, what's happening in like, for example, I know in Salt Lake City, that river going dry is going to release a lot of arsenic from the bottom of that river that is gonna end up being powder and in the air, right? So these rivers going dry all of the toxicity is in the sediment, pretty much, right? So you've got a situation around the world, okay? And you got a lot of rivers that are going dry, right? This isn't rocket science, okay? Just go do a search for rivers going dry and you'll be busy for quite a while because it's all part of this, all part of this creating a water for us, right? Well, this is actually the perfect plot line because all of those dried out riverbeds because they're right now rerouting water. <clears throat> so let's say the water supply was here, they're rerouting it there. Well, what are they leaving behind? Pools of stagnant water. <laughs> so <clears throat> I was wondering, I don't know, months ago, several months ago, when I was looking into rivers, um, I noticed in the UK there's all these plans for developing these rivers, rerouting them. Well, this is probably, now, I don't know this for a fact. All I'm saying is, if I were you, <laughs> and you live in these areas, look into rivers in your area. Are they rerouting them? It appears to me, every country I've looked into, there's a lot of activity going on about rerouting rivers, okay? So what happens to the river that's left behind? Well, probably stagnant water, right? Just taking a guess here. <laughs> I don't think you have to be a scientist to figure that out, so yeah. Suspiciously, this climate deal will likely, and I would say right now, highly likely create a ton, and I mean a ton, of breeding places for all of these mosquitoes. So I will let her continue on. I'll read the, there's no comments, but I'll read the chat over here. Somebody's asking questions about where is it, and see, somebody said, um, in 2023, they reported the following countries, the European Union, Austria, Belgium, and they said not established, and Bulgaria, so I don't know, I'm not gonna focus on that, but 
we need to continue to understand for ourselves. It's kind of crazy that we didn't know all this time where these nuclear plants and stuff were, and now we, now we have an opportunity to fix our careless waves, right? So let's continue focusing on mosquitoes. Right out of the blue, we got these mosquitoes. So I will let her play this out. I wasn't sure if I was gonna play it all out, but I think we need to play it out. So let's hear her continue. Family leave provide laboratory confirmation. Uh, in terms of case management, there are unfortunately no specific treatment against the mosquito-borne disease that we have mentioned today. So case management uh, principally rely on monitoring and providing supportive treatment. The fourth pillar is the timely surveillance to allow assessment of the risk and, if necessary, the implementation of control measures. And information should be collected on the human cases, but also as relevant, like for example, for West Nile, on animal cases. You notice she's not being heavy-handed. She kind of discreetly said, well, we don't really have any cures right now, see? Well, I just read earlier that, yes, they did, in fact, come up with a vaccine, right? So let's soft-pedal our way. I, I, I doubt that. I, I personally think it would be very bad marketing for them to get heavy-handed into the vaccine at this stage of the mosquito plot, right? <laughs> This should be combined with indicators such as the mosquito distribution, the temperature, the rainfall, uh, etc. And lastly, more research is needed to develop, among other, rapid tests, treatment, vaccine, and eco-friendly mosquito control technique that are cost-effective. See how quietly she entered that at the end. And addressing these critical points require effort in terms of preparedness and also one health approach engaging the public health sector with the veterinary sector and the environmental sector, among others. And only through this one health approach, we can limit the impact of mosquito-borne diseases, safeguard public health, and ensure the well-being of our communities. Thank you. Thank you, Serene. Uh, I will now open the floor for questions, and we already have received one. So this is the question from Kathleen Giesemann, Deutsches Ärzteblatt. And here goes. Your West Nile virus report said that Germany reported 60 locally acquired human cases of West Nile virus infection with known place of infection at NAS 3 level, while the RKI, the Robert Koch Institute report, says 17. So I will, I will ask Celine to, to give us the answer to this. So I rapidly checked the data that we had in the European surveillance system, and we have indeed 16 cases reported by uh, Germany that are locally acquired cases, and two imported cases. So the data that we have included in 2022 summary report is data that has been provided until the end of May. We are currently consolidating the data for the 22 for the for last year. So it's possible that this case, the last case, has not been yet reported to us. The other reason might be that the case do not fulfill the European case definition, but in any case, we will follow up with the German public health authorities to understand better the discrepancy. And we'll be able to come back to you after this press conference. Thank you, Celine. Um, I hope, Kathleen, this is a good answer. And uh, please, uh, if you have questions, let us know. I'll wait for a minute, see if anything good comes up. 
looks like all is uh, all is clear, but still please. Well, that settled that. No questions. Let's get that vaccine into production. Okay, we have a question from Sarah oh, yeah. Newey. So please, Sarah, I don't uh, see you, but please, uh, please uh, go ahead and, and ask the question. I hope you can hear me. I'm having a few microphone issues. But just a quick one, really. Should holidaymakers um, in Southern Europe in particular, um, travelling from further north or you know, within non-dengue zones, not just from the tropics, be um, careful about picking up viruses this summer? Okay, I can, I can also um, um, ask the question because I have it here. Should holidaymakers across Europe also be aware of the potential risks of picking up dengue or another virus in the southern parts of the continent? Andrea, maybe you can give us the answer. Yeah, I start and um, uh, Celine can fill in if necessary. I think it is very important that uh, ho um, uh, people going on holidays, uh, either in Europe but also in, in tropical countries, are aware of the, the potential uh, risk of mosquito-borne diseases. So I think the first step is really the information. And then it is what Celine said, the, said the, 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 the measures to be taken, the, the, the mosquito repellent, um, if possible, long sleeves uh, and, and bed nets and, and window screen. So, so to really ex uh, reduce the exposure. But it's equally important when they return home and experience symptoms uh, that uh, are compatible with one of the diseases. It's usually fever um, uh, uh, that we that we uh, uh, starts um, uh, such a such a uh, disease. Um, that they also inform their their GPs and their doctors uh, that they have been in such areas, so that the diagnostic can also be directed uh, immediately to 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 uh, these diseases. So I think uh, it starts with giving the, the travelers the information before they travel. Um, and it's, uh, it, to me, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't matter whether this is in Europe or somewhere else in, 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 in uh, tropical or subtropical countries where mosquitoes can dis transmit diseases. Anything to add, Celine? No. Thank you very much. Hope this answers the question. And uh, I'm waiting for more from your side, so please go ahead. The questions are staged, so we want to listen to them all Looks because like obviously they're not random, right? <laughs> they're what they want us to know. It looks like everything is clear about uh, mosquito-borne diseases, but uh, perhaps you will want to ask some more questions. Okay, it looks like you don't have any questions. Uh, I will um, now close the press conference. I will thank you. I'm okay, that gives us a pretty big clue, doesn't it? It looks like mosquitoes. Who would have known <laughs> that there is so much so interesting right now? I never would have guessed in looking at this eugenics program, you know, nuclear energy, check. <laughs> and right here... Oh, wait a minute. Right here, i got to close this off for a second. Somebody's barking right behind me. Anyway, i got to keep moving along here. i got to get back to that World War II stuff and that atom bomb business. So 
right along, right in front of us, mosquitoes. Here we go. Make this your theme song and never stop looking. If I'd stopped looking ages ago, we would have figured out, we would have thought like the, you know, the, the general consensus is these people are Jews, right? When in fact they're Romans. So <laughs> always keep those eyes open. Always keep looking. Keep that one foot moving in front of the other foot. I can see clearly now is this song. place on the game board going to be any kind of day that you want to make it be there, right? So, I will bid you farewell. I'm back to looking into the horrors of World War II, and I can show you exactly the collusion that went on between Japan, which means essentially that Japan authorized the bombing of their own people because that is how all these things work. And interestingly enough, 
Of all of these cases, right, has anybody ever gotten any restitution? Well, maybe if they fight real hard for it, like some 9-11 people, I think, got some money after they were all dropping dead from cancer and stuff. But um, interestingly enough, this election series is about blacks getting reparations. You know, the 40, they were supposed to get 40 acres and a mule. Okay? Well, that day will never come. And uh, remember... The Bikini Atoll people got a settlement for what went on in Marshall Islands, which I'll be talking about next, and uh, that money just recently I found out it got stolen. So they were down to $50 million of that fund for people who had their entire lives disrupted and got stolen. But interestingly enough, one little tidbit I'll throw out here while it's on my mind, is that the people who were Japanese people were interred during World War II, those people did get compensation. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Because they're all part of it. Anyway, so be safe out there and goodbye for now.